You're listening to So What's Your Story, a show about writers and writing. My name is Tony Russo. My co-host, Stephanie Fowler, is off this week. In early October, I had the opportunity to go to the Western Maryland Independent Literature Festival up in Frostburg, sponsored by Frostburg State University. And there I got to talk to writers and publishers and poets about their various crafts. Um, The next couple episodes are going to be talking with publishers who started their own independent presses and continue to make them function. This week, it's Lisa Flack Fulcher and David Fulcher from Samsara Press. We talk about this on the show a lot, but the spirit of independent publishing is finding a way to make what you want in the world and to get it out there. And David and Lisa are a great example of it, so I'll let them introduce themselves and we'll get the show started. Lisa Black Fulcher. And R. David Fulcher. Very good. I didn't know I was going to get you on the first question. They're going to get harder. Wow. <laughs> um, and so you guys are independent publishers. Yes. Can you talk about how you decided to start your own press? Well, you started the magazine. Right. So I'll, I'll take that one. I um, was very interested in the small press as a submitter. So I submitted and this is back, I started in high school, so we're talking about late 80s, early 90s, to all the small presses like Lovecraft's Mystery Magazine, uh, Space and Time, Heliocentric Net, all of the sort of speculative small presses that were out there, I was a contributor to, and I had my share of acceptances and my share of rejections, and I said, well, what if I became one of these presses and that's what prompted me and just with a desktop computer and a printer to start a very low budget press called Samsara in 1993 in College Park, Maryland where I was going to school and it's uh, it's existed to today we have our 21st issue out and uh, now we've relocated to Ashburn, Virginia but the theme of uh, suffering and healing still remains. Now is it um, was it always in was it, was it always print because you're like right in that zine era right so did you did you start online or did you start in print i started in print i've always had a uh, a website presence but very basic Mm. um and i finally evolved to the point where i have pdf downloads of back issues but that's as far as digital as i get Um, i always want to make the current issue print um hard copy books are a love of mine Mm -hmm. and i'm not willing to go the way a lot of other zines that have gone purely digital well, and I was just speaking with uh, an, another publisher earlier, and it's also important that since this isn't a free thing, <laughs> that you can't right. get it free online, you know, that, that someone pays for it and that someone, you value it enough to invest in it and so that the readers value it enough to, to have a copy of it. Right, and that's a big concern of mine of, of you know, legal reproduction and digital rights and all that, so... By having the traditional print format, you can get away from all of that, of course. But. And as I mentioned, my the brains of my outfit isn't here, but the brains of your outfit is here to my left. <laughs> can you <laughs> yes. tell me how you got involved in the... Uh... Uh, yes, I got involved um, I, when I met David. Um, I actually have a finance background. I met David, and uh, he... He actually, uh, he inspired me so much by his literary works and his passion for words. Uh, I became involved in, in the operations of Samsara Magazine to be able to hold the administration part and to try to market. I have an MBA. One of the things that we did on our website was those uh, authors that are some, are contributors to the magazine were accepted. Accepted. We have created a. 
a, a tab for them, I call it a tab, but if they're willing to and they would like to submit their photo and a bio, and we had a great success on that. That's uh, cool. So we're acknowledging, we're giving back to the authors to say, hey, um, you know, we, we liked your work, and it's been a very positive experience and feedback from them. And we get authors from all over. Uh, the country, uh, internationally, all walks of life, inmates, lawyers, um, medical doctors who are trying to express themselves and, and have a passion for the word. And um, so first of all, it took me, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't make the connection uh, to the, of the name until you said suffering. But then, you know, yes, Philosophy 102 came back or whatever. So can you, can you talk to me a little bit about how you decided to name your press and the, that connection and and of all the things you could have chosen why, why you chose them sorry yeah no problem the um, at the time like I said I, I was in college so that was probably when I was learning the most about world religions and I actually had at that time they offered an entire course on Joseph Campbell um, you know who wrote things like the hero with many faces and right. a thousand faces I'm sorry and um, he looked for the commonality across all religions and I had become from very traditional Christian background, and um, I found it fascinating, and that got me into reading Siddhartha and some of the Zen and Eastern teachings, and I love this idea of samsara, which is just this continual cycle of suffering and rebirth until you achieve enlightenment, and I said, wow, that is, that is the title, you know, and that, that's, I went from there. And then you ask for, for, so everything in the magazine is on that theme, everything in the, in the journal is on that theme, yes. and does that... How does that affect your your reading um, your reading periods? Like you're so you're getting all of these all of these stories, and you have to so you have the suffering as a larger theme. But then I would expect in the journal, you kind of narrow that by your choice of submissions. Well, I actually look at it a different way. I try to accept as diverse much diversity in the ah. issue as I can. So if I get you know an addiction story. Or, uh, from a recovering addict, I don't want to fill the whole issue with that. So I'll look, then I'll find something about uh, political suffering. So I really try to um, make it as, as within that topic, as diverse as possible. And what what is your what is your reading period like? Are you are you the only reader? Do you, do you both do you both do the reading? What's your submission process? Yeah, I primarily uh, do all of the content review and decisions on, on what's acceptances and rejections for the mm -hmm. magazine. Lisa's great with the uh, operational and the correspondence and the, um, I guess you call and it, the marketing uh, of the managing website. side of the, yes. of the yeah. brand yeah. and the uh, magazine. So. I, I leave it up to our David Fulcher as he has a minor in English yeah. and uh, I count on his expertise in that. And when you're, is, what's it like working together? Do you have, do you have an office outside of your home because my wife is a teacher, and I and I write at home. And summers, I'm not going to lie, can be tough. <laughs> and so, what, what what's it like for you guys working together? I think I think we really have a balance. There will be uh, there will be a situation where I feel strongly about a piece that I, I may review or look at, and I say, I'll say. Um, David, you know, what about this? And he may not at first. I think he may not really. It might have made the cut. Right. Let's say, 
but then I'll bring it to a point. It doesn't happen often, uh -huh. but um, I may get him to look at a different view. So that kind of banter happens with us as a married couple. Uh -huh. Or I'll strongly, strongly feel that we should do we should add something in the magazine and, and one of the one of the uh, points where we got a submission uh, from a, a father who lost his son mm -hmm. and I very very strongly said this has to be in there I think it, it, it to me it was a whole meaning of Samsara mm -hmm. theme so yeah Go ahead. Uh, I just say it's been more complimentary Lisa's been done a great job with our processes and it's it's we lean on each other, so sometimes she does help with the content review, and sometimes she says, hey, I can't do it this week, but we really have to get back to all these people with their, that have submitted queries about the status of their work, and you right. take on that correspondence. So I, it's actually been very uh, complimentary. And when you, what's it like, uh, once, once the process is accepted, do you work with the authors to f further refine the stories, or do they stay as is? Um, I make what I feel are uh, conservative revisions. I don't believe in wholehearted revisions to mm -hmm. an author's work. If it needs that much revision, I probably wouldn't have accepted it right. if I felt that. So certainly uh, I take it on myself to do uh, typographical edits. Sometimes I'll change the semantics of a, a sentence or a dialogue, but um, I don't do multiple iterations. I just uh, haven't had the time to well, and that's the thing about a riff a, back and forth with the authors so. a, a small press like that you have to mm -hmm. you, you have to you have to be lean and make your and make your best choices you can make absolutely when you can make them yeah you get it so. uh. and, and there's a lot of time and effort I uh, I don't know if pe folks know but even one uh, one uh, publication it takes months uh, to get together we went from twice a year to once a year mm -hmm. uh, for that so that we, we have that time to do that because it's not a full-time, mm -hmm. um, uh, not a full-time uh, thing that we do. Right. So uh, it does take time and it's a passion because you're putting it, you're financially co uh, contributing to that you're for yourself, for us. We're right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I also wanted to talk about because I do, I do, I do, I do, I do a couple of podcasts, and I have a, a, a writing day job. But then, like what what I would call my writing, as if the other stuff wasn't mm -hmm. my writing, often has to take a back seat. And how do you balance the writing that you want to do for you with the writing that you need to do for the magazine, for the journal? I think that David will be spurned. There's a lot of multiple goals that you're trying to do throughout the year, professionally, uh -huh. personally. But what I see from David is that he will actually look at uh, book uh, contests and to get his name out and to get recognition. Uh -huh. So when something like that happens, it will it'll have a target date. Mm -hmm. So he'll end up being able to schedule himself to do that. Right, I would say Samsara is the ongoing work, but then um, contests really give me a goal to strive for for to get my a, a new story out on my own. So. And you and he's been accepted in a few Halloween uh, trilogies, and also our famous one was at the New York Book Festival. Oh, that's super cool! And so, what 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 kind of what's what's your genre when you are when you're writing for you? So that's really interesting, and I think it's um, kind of how I approach Samsara, but I. I I kind of um, I have a hand in a lot of genres, so I would call it all speculative. But I write horror, science fiction, and fantasy. Um, 
and historical fiction. My first book was a war book that was not supernatural at all. So I've really uh, got a lot going on, and mm-hmm. it's and and I don't know if that helps or hinders me, but it's you know I, it's tough for me to walk up and say. I'm a horror writer, or right. you know, I write historical fiction. I, I try to be just a writer, but you know, people do tend to want to put you in a category. So. Well, we were actually, I was talking with another publisher earlier who said he thought that that might be also kind of turning around because people are, um, I was joking with, uh, we, we had a writer on earlier on a different show, and I was saying, you know, I know that science fiction people hate to be called speculative fiction people, and he's like, at this point, forget it. It's not worth, like, I'm, I'm going to make my story, and then I'm going to hope you like to read my story. Yeah, and, and it doesn't account for blends. I mean, to me, the, the original or the best example of the sci-fi horror blend is Alien. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a lot of stories that are set in outer space, but, but are, you know, have a horrific ending. So, um, <laughs> you know, or a creature or whatever. So I, I think, too, especially with, with some great series, um, like Stranger Things and all that, I mm-hmm. think that people are becoming more genre agnostic, I guess, right. which allows you to blend more than you used to be able to. And the other thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about was was this idea of like uh, a topic and a dead. So I'm a, by trade a journalist. A topic and a deadline, yes, that's that's all I need to write. But without those, it's really really hard to just say, oh, I think I'm going to write about this now. That's uh, That always amazes me about other writers who are like, I think I'll write about this. I'm like, no, you have to tell me what it's about, when it's due, and how much you will pay me to write it, and then that's when the magic happens. <laughs> right, and that's really when things turned around for me, when I got contest-driven or um, deadline-driven for a publication I really admired. Mm-hmm. You know, th- Then I had that goal out there, and I could work towards it, but if... if it's just a random Saturday, you know. It's tough for me just to go to the basement and say, "I'm going to write today." Right. Know? It's it's it's, it's not never have a goal in mind. So. And and I think that it might help focus <laughs> focus you more anyway because you were, for me, I'm, I have different ideas. I have different. I'm, I'm a I'm a turn of phrase stealer, or like, oh, that you mm-hmm. know, somebody will say something to me. I'm like, okay, well, when when that's ready, it'll be cooking mm-hmm. up here. But I need I need that prompt a lot of times. I'm like this is what the story should touch on, not, not not what it's about, but just point me in a direction. Yes, I I think uh, also just being in a in a very uh, congested and fast paced environment with the Washington metropolitan area, it's hard to take that breather, that focus that mm. you need. Yeah. And David actually, I was thinking he spurned. I'm, I've gone through a personal crisis where I'm actually writing some of my my feelings and memoirs about addiction Mm -hmm. and I started that but I'm getting pulled in different directions especially with when you have work priorities and I feel like you really need that time to sit even if it's if it's you know for a certain amount uh, in the afternoon but your mind is is kind of convoluted with other things so it's finding that peace inside yourself or that time to decompress and say how am I feeling about this in order to write because if it, it just doesn't for me happen, I can't go from zero to a hundred. I need to slowly go into my thoughts and my feelings and what I want to convey and the structure of it. And and I guess also also translate it, translate it yes. from from what you're feeling into words that other yes. people might understand. Oh, most definitely, you hit it on the nail. <laughs> yes. And so, as your as your journal has developed what are, what are some of the like big time changes that have happened like um, there there are obviously going to be the technological things we said things like the website but has the has the 
submissions have the submissions improved for example or there what are, what are some of the big changes that have taken place recent uh, over the I think uh, the biggest change is it really started out very poetry heavy and I think when I was more open to fiction and, and changed the guidelines to accommodate that mm -hmm. that um, I got a much better mix of submissions that's funny uh, the, mm -hmm. I'm also kind of not a poetry person at all so poetry is always kind of the last last thing that I'm looking that I'm looking to read so was it poetry heavy because you were getting more poetry or was it poetry heavy because that was what you were more drawn to at the time I think it was poetry heavy um, because my whole writing career started with poetry ah. and then became fiction and I think the magazine followed suit <laughs> which is a funny way to go but your publications mirror yourselves you know uh, of course and, so. and, and especially given the amount of work you have mm -hmm. to do to put mm -hmm. in something like that you may as well be doing stuff you like because <laughs> uh, I heard an interview with a famous television producer and I can't remember his name but it was like Chuck Lorre or somebody like that do a lot of sitcoms or whatever and uh, whoever it was he said make the show you like because they're going to cancel it anyway <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully they don't cancel Samsara. But, yeah. right, but, but the idea is you're, 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 right. you may as well do the work because you're the one that falls back on eventually. Like this, mm -hmm. this, is success, this is success or failure is yours. So mm -hmm. to make sure you're choosing things that, well, if this fails, mm -hmm. I don't care because I felt the world needed this. Yes. I think in terms of operation, uh, one of the challenges is keeping the web page uh, not static. How to keep it engaging. Um, and what avenues that you can share and highlight the authors. So one of the things that we have implemented was a page for those authors that were submitted in Samsung Magazine, if they like, mm -hmm. they can provide their photo and a bio. And right. it was a very positive response. Uh, does our website need more work? Most definitely. Mm -hmm. uh, there's other avenues to, to, to keep it engaging, but we just haven't gotten there yet, whether that's providing podcast links, whether that's having videos, things like that, or, um, but it takes, it takes a lot of work it to does. keep a, a web page um, up and current because uh, you, I think audiences, when they see it one time, they want it to change the next day when they, when they come back right. in, and that's just not realistic. I was managing, actually, um, a Toastmaster web page, and I was very shocked to find out how much work that was in terms of trying to engage, and my we were successful in our club because I was constantly changing the web page every week, but that wasn't a realistic goal. Right. So what's realistic? I, I know that when I go to a site for a, a publisher's mm -hmm. site, I just want to see that it's, you know, it fits the screen. <laughs> like small mm -hmm. things, you know, yeah. yes. like, like has someone looked at this recently? It doesn't have to, you know, does music start? I, I don't love music to start when I load it up, you know. So looking at especially you guys are in such an interesting position, as many of the indie publishers here are, where you can't literally or figuratively afford to put too much out for free <laughs> and exactly. so it's it's finding the balance is what's going to make us look like we know what we're doing but also give us you know value th that we can still sell not not giving away things that normally we would um that normally we would charge for yeah that, right. that's that's a fine it's a it's a fine line 
Uh, there's many times where, as David calls it, guerrilla marketing, where right. we do give things away because we want to we want to be able to get our our magazine out there. We want more people to know about it, mm -hmm. and we think if we meet them face to face, it's more engaging, and they'll remember. Oh, so and so gave me to the gave me this magazine. We've had people come back here and say, Oh, I remember you guys. Um, so we we enjoy that, uh, but it is. It is a cost. Yeah, and I do want to ask about it. So what is your submission process and period, and how can people submit to you if they're interested? Okay, so we accept um, both email and um, soft copy and hard copy submissions. Um, the link is off samsaramagazine.net, our website, and that also has the snail mail address for the P.O. box if mm -hmm. you prefer to submit a hard copy submission. Um, we publish, it's a little bit irregular of a reading period, but we we publish the status is always up to date on the page. So mm -hmm. we have a the very top of the page. We say reading periods, reading status, open or closed. And then um, I try to give an announcement. So we're moving towards more of a calendar year period. So we'll end, for example, this December 31st, mm -hmm. our submission period. And then we'll look to publish in March or April the issue. Mm -hmm. So and then we'll take probably a portion of the summer will be a hiatus where it's closed. And then we'll probably reopen again around August. So that gives you a general calendar right, cycle. And, and you, you take submissions until you're full, or do you take all the submissions and then decide what you want to publish? Uh, we take all the submissions mm -hmm. because I don't want that amazing submission to come in. And then we had some artificial quota that capped it off. And uh, it's, yeah. so, so we take it all up until the time. And, then, and I don't return submissions even when we're closed. I notify the submitter. Mm -hmm. that we receive this during a closed period and my assumption is that you want us to hold this for consideration oh, that's for cool. automatic consideration in the next period and only if they write back and say hey this got picked up by another small press or whatever do we withdraw it so, right so we try to support we try to support the writers we've gotten a lot of positive feedback and it just made their day and also we were at a panel discussion in, at the New York Book Festival and one of the tips that were coming out of experiences writers was to get your name out there mm -hmm. to get it on some type of publication and so we feel that we're supporting writers this way that if they're accepted they have a title a magazine title to say my work is listed here and we thought that was a really great and that's why we continue to do this well and because that it, for writers it is important because nobody wants to read your first book Unfortunate. Nobody wants to read, like, this is the yeah. first thing I ever submitted to anybody, and it's a 700-page novel. Mm. Uh, you, you know, it's, 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 mm -hmm. it's a tough sell, and writers know this now, and they, and they know that they're, they're going to have to at least build up a, a resume of published mm -hmm. short works if they're going to go any further with their, with their writing careers. So I think that's, I think that's an mm. excellent way to do it, is to find, find journals and, and, and to get published in them. Uh, do you... Are there things, what do you look for or not look for in, how do I get into Samsara? What, what, what are my best, my, my best bets? So uh, your best bets, and this is cliche, but get a sample issue. And it's, it's, you don't even have to pay for it because the back issues are available for free uh, in PDF format from right. the website. So you don't have to pay a dime to download one and uh, take a look at it. Um, I guess the other thing is get a copy of the guidelines. Those are always up to date on the website. And, you know, the way to not get into Samsara, of course, is to 
submit something that totally violates the guidelines <laughs> and it happens every day and you know we'll say no no splatter punk or no gore and we'll get you know Plenty invariably we'll get some you know horribly violent splatter punk story mm -hmm. and the guy's shocked when it's rejected so you know other than that i mean it's it's these are kind of the things you would do with any zine you know mm -hmm. you do your research um you could even uh it's kind of sneaky but you could look at the stuff that i write you uh -huh. know and that, yeah, what as as the you. primary, uh, you know, content editor, <laughs> you know, you, you could also see what appeals to me. So there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, ways you can be very well informed about the publication before you submit. And now, what do you do about design? Do you guys do design in-house? Do you have to get that? Do you we, um, I, so I do accept artwork, and, and in a way I do that to uh, get some cheap design right. <laughs> so so a lot of that artwork that's submitted becomes our cover uh -huh. you know and and some inline art i would have to say that we're a very um clean design so it's mostly text heavy mm -hmm. and it's there's not a lot of bells and whistles so if you're looking for a really slick uh zine it's probably not samsara it's it's very utilitarian mm -hmm. um but that being said we've had some beautiful covers and that's that's because of the contributors and how do you, do you do you select how do you select the covers together? Is that what's the process for cover selection? Do you lay out all the art, or do you know it when you see it? Or um, I, I think it's been uh, mostly myself. I haven't we haven't reviewed a lot of the artwork together, and partially is although I try to encourage it in the guidelines, I don't get a lot of art, so um, it's not uncommon for an issue to only have three or five options, mm -hmm. you know, for the cover art. And uh, Lisa so far has left that up to me. Um, uh, I'll do the cover letter. So uh -huh. I try to uh, put in something that's engaging of who we are. Right. Uh, in the you know the first cover cover page, and a photo of us to get people to kind of connect with us. Who are we? Right. And so that that is mine. It's limited, but uh, <laughs> that's what that's where I I come into play. So that's my domain. The cover letter on there and of course too as again there's cost involved so when we publish this we have to the more bells and whistles that you have the more cost it it, right. it happens it you know it increases so in some ways in order to contain those costs we're we're not so fancy yeah right. specifically like a lot if we get a cover art that we like and it's in color then that may be our only color page you know that first <laughs> right. that page and right. everything else inside is black and white so um, it's very real uh, the cost aspect and so uh, talk to me uh, about the future for Samsara and also for indie journal publishing I think for at least for Samsara magazine I, I would like to have it probably um, Nowadays, I think the web pages are very diverse, so it's really looking at that and seeing what catches the eye. I think maybe our our web page may not be what really it should be, but I want I do want to give kudos to David. He's an I, he's a coder, so mm -hmm. he actually it's not a template. It's uh, he coded he all of that himself. himself. But again, it's sort of I think a one or two dimensional. Nowadays, there's a lot of pop ups and things that occur and info, info um, icons and things like that. So I, I see I see ourselves trying to get to another level with that in terms of the web page. I think the web page is really an important aspect of it mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the operations. Uh, what I'd really like to see is a uh, spin-off from the actual issue itself. So something like um, uh, an anthology or a uh, you know uh, an annual contest, but but things that are 
driven by the content of the of these contributors, but but they're special editions. So, so more, more. I almost said more of the same, and that's not how I, that that's not the right phrase. But uh, you, you're gonna, you're sticking with 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 the genre. You're just trying to hope to put out more issues, I guess. Like more. Right, right, and a more more um, more sort of. Uh, uh, consolidated volumes that may make up. I'd love to do something like the first ten issues, you know, and oh, have yeah, a hardcover yeah. on it, you know. That would be that. That would be amazing. So um, that that's a much bigger um, production quality requirement and mm -hmm. cost. But you know, I'd love to have something for perpetuity, sort of, as opposed to a, a I don't want to say disposable, but a, a, a commodity zine, you know. And the and the model so far has been successful because we get feedback. Right. And we get positive feedback, so I guess that saying, if it if it's not broken, <laughs> <laughs> don't, yeah, fix don't fix it, right? So. so. <laughs> and a yeah. lot of our yeah, many of our contributors are repeat contributors, and they've they've been with us for years, so and we're glad to have them. So. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Tony. All right. Appreciate it. So what's your story? Was produced by Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at. So what's your story podcast.com where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Radio Public, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, take a second and give us a great review. Tell your story.